All right, we've been eager for it all show long, Sam. Give us your evaluation, your feedback. What did you think about the Conley trade? Man, F minus. I don't know what Dennis Lindsay's doing. <laughs> you know, this is terrible. <laughs> no, I like it a lot. Um, you actually got me, uh, kind of reminded me with the Zach Lowe reference. I want to read what Zach had to say. Um, I mean, my two cents, I, I didn't end up writing on it, but I just, just stating the obvious, it's just filling a, a, a massive hole. You know, Ricky Rubio is a very good player and, you know, had some definite highlights there and, and a guy who contributed and was great for the culture that they had. But Mike and, you know, his pedigree and a guy who has, you know, been playing at a very high level for a long time, played a, a lot of high level basketball in the playoffs, um, two way player, a guy who's still, if you break down his numbers last year, you know, before they, kind of went into that tank mode. I mean, he's still producing. And the, the health is the biggest thing with Mike. Uh, but I, I really like him a lot as a fit next to Donovan Mitchell because we all saw what happened in both of these, you know, series against Houston the last two years in the playoffs. And with Donovan, it's, it's, it's funny. This is a weird parallel to make. But out in L.A., they give up a lot to get Anthony Davis because the clock is ticking on LeBron James. But that's more of an age, father time type thing. The clock is ticking on Donovan Mitchell in a different kind of way. And just the idea that, you know, if, if he keeps kind of butting his head up against his wall and they don't put the kind of supporting cast around him that makes him feel like they can surpass what they did a couple of years ago when they had, you know, the kind of the best record, best thing going in the second half of the regular season, then that's going to come at a cost and come with a ripple effect. And I think Mike could be a guy that, that he can do his thing with, you know, in a different way for quite a few years. So it, it did come with a cost and the guys they lost, I mean, Jay Crowder and Kyle and the rest, it's, you know, that's, the, that's what comes with doing a trade like this. But I like, uh, I like the deal quite a bit. You know, Sam, I think you're right on point there. And when we've talked with you through the years, You've been complimentary of the Jazz and what they were doing, but there was always sort of these things you could point out at the offensive end that they needed. They needed a shot creator. They needed uh, a more reliable shooter, uh, maybe a better setup guy. All this was always there, even though the Jazz were good. Now, I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that they're a better team now than they were yesterday. No, I agree. And again, it's it's another interesting parallel that comes to mind for me, to your point, Gordon, is that Steph Curry in these most recent playoffs, I mean, Steph is an all-world player. He changed the game forever with the way he started shooting the three-point ball, earned both of his MVP awards. I voted for him both years, certainly. Um, but all that being said, in these most recent playoffs, when Kevin Durant got hurt and then Clay Thompson got hurt, what did we see? We saw swarming defenses from the Raptors just throwing all these different bodies at him. And then it's reaching a point where his humanity was exposed. Like he's just not, he's not LeBron where he can be a human bowling pin and, and, you know, knock everybody down around him and fight through all that from a physicality standpoint, or even a Kawhi Leonard type. Um, Donovan is more physical than Steph, but we see fairly routinely when the games matter most opposing defenses able to, to kind of gimmick their scheme in the kind of way that just puts him in a tough spot. And it puts a cap on his ability to do his job in the kind of way that, that he can when, he, when it's a healthier landscape on the jazz side. And that's where Mike is going to be big because Mike's combination of shooting and playmaking offensively 
you just can't you can't put all your eggs into that defending Donovan basket. I mean, Mike can give you thirty any given night, and I still think he's just young enough when it comes to his ability to do that. That that's going to be a very real thing. And then you also don't want to lose anything when it comes to your identity on the other side. And so having that head of the snake, so to speak, defensively, and having a guy in Mike who can guard you know, any, any opposing one in the league, as well as anybody, that's huge in, in this trade too. Seems like a lot of the Western Conference teams now think that the door is open uh, for good reason, obviously, with Golden State going through what they're going through. How does this help the Jazz keep up with, say, the Lakers and what's going on in the Western Conference right now? Do you think this keeps them as kind of an upper echelon playoff team? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's a lot, you know, the, it's, it's kind of, it's a good time to have stability. And I think the Jazz all of a sudden very, very quickly, um, and the theory of relativity is coming into play here, but like they have more than most because, you know, the Warriors just, uh, unfortunately for them, just luck hit them finally in, in the worst kind of way. And they are where they are. Houston has imploded ever since they lost to the Warriors in the second round. We don't know what that looks like when October rolls around, but right now, you cannot claim that Houston has stability. The Jazz are now, it's kind of phase two. Rudy Gobert's been doing his thing for however many years now. Uh, they don't want to lose any more years in his prime, you know, with, with having a ceiling and what they can do collectively. And But they still have same GM, same coach, same star player, you know, and same general approach uh, to what they're doing. And that, I think, next season is the kind of thing that is going to help you win a whole lot of games in the regular season. And then now on top of that, once Mike gets comfortable playing in that system and getting to know these guys as teammates, now you've got a really experienced group when it's playoff time because Mike's got a long, long resume in playoff basketball. And these other guys, you know, Donovan Chief among them, have their own stories and their own experiences and kind of lessons learned along that, you know, that way. Um, that's where I think Utah's going to be, you know, right there with the Denvers when it comes to, to trying to, to bank on that going into next season. We'll see who else ends up going to the Lakers because star power still matters. If they get another big-time player, that's trouble for the rest of them, but they're not going to have the depth that teams like Denver or Utah do at this point. I'm glad you brought up the defensive aspect of this whole thing, Sam, because last year we saw, and, and this is unfortunate because it sounds like we're ripping Ricky Rubio. And we, I mean, like you said, he's a, he's a fine player. But he would get beat on the perimeter, and then that would that would even though the Jazz were good defensively, oftentimes we would see Rudy Gobert having to having to uh, move in ways that he was uncomfortable moving. And now, when you have a point guard like this who can play the defensive end like that, it'll give Rudy it'll make Rudy even more effective because he'll stay Mike, Mike Conley will stay between his man and the basket and that'll make it much more difficult and then at the offensive end Mike Conley's one of the best pick and roll guys around yep and both those things I mean that that's where the, just the game of basketball is different in general right because you've got to have skill sets and talents that complement one another and we see both sides of that all the time we see when certain players just don't mesh and you know, and, and Ricky, and maybe in his younger years, was more of an elite defender and didn't expose Rudy in the way that he did occasionally last year. But that's not the case anymore, and he's been doing it for quite a while. Now, Mike has too, but, you know, the, the eyeball test tells you that, that Mike is still doing his thing. And not only that, I mean, I'm a sucker for just the general idea that, you know, high-level players who have something to prove. 
like you would hear for the longest time that Mike didn't want to play in the West. And I've actually been dying to ask him this question because I think out of fairness, like you can't just put that narrative out there if it's not true. But the idea had been that, um, that, you know, I'm sorry, it was trying to get out of the West, that for all-star purposes, that he just was tired of losing out on the, you know, all-star berths because of how many good point guards there were in the West. You know, that's a guy who's going to have a chip on his shoulder. That's a guy who just answered his phone the other day and was FaceTiming with his old buddy, Marcus All when Mark won a championship with the Raptors because they're just best friends and you're sitting there being happy for your buddy who went to a new location, who celebrated. You know, I thought about tweeting this earlier today. Like, who the heck knows if, you know, if the cards fall a certain way, if the Jazz could get some more help this summer in free agency, then, you know, could Mike Conley be FaceTiming Marcus All next year? Um, never say never. Like, this is, we, you know, we never would have talked about Toronto winning the championship this past season, and, and here we are. So, uh, yeah, I think Mike, for just a ton of reasons, is, is a great fit for them. Sam Amick with us, uh, your NBA Daily Assist to 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Sam, obviously Mike Conley is the big story around here, but I do want to ask you a couple of uh, other NBA questions. And it's been a wild few days in the news for the Houston Rockets. And I know you, uh, I know you spent some time down there doing some stories around that franchise this past season. And I guess I want to ask a, a really open-ended question, like what exactly is going on down there? Um, I mean, a lot of uncomfortableness, a lot of – second guessing based on you know the approach they took and what they wanted to accomplish together and just the reality that it didn't did not pan out that way and now everybody it sounds funny like for lack of a better way of putting it everybody's a little cranky you know Mike D'Antoni's a little cranky because he kind of feels like his body of work as a coach warrants the type of uh, contract extension that would put him, you know, up to a certain level based on, you know, how he has performed in relation to his peers. Well, the relatively new owner of the Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, has been stubborn on that front, doesn't agree with him, and they've just had a really messy contract negotiation, even though Mike has one year left on his deal. Um, from there, I mean, you've got this system offensively with James Harden holding the ball at historic levels. And winning an MVP, maybe winning a second one, we'll find out later this month. And it's it's a strategy that has worked. It's a strategy that has led to the second-best offense of all time last season based on the numbers, but it didn't get them a championship. And the thing that I think was glossed over a little bit in the interim is that that approach requires a great deal of sacrifice from everybody around James. And sacrifice is a funny thing, and this is universal, um, a sacrifice is a lot easier to, to, to do when success is part of the equation. You know, when this is another kind of attempt at a parallel, but like when the Warriors convinced Andre Iguodala to come off the bench and to be a sixth man, um, that became what he was because they won the whole darn thing. And success made it easier for him to sacrifice. And, you know, in the Rockets' case, it didn't pay off. So now guess what? Chris Paul's unhappy. Other guys are unhappy, and then you're kind of seeing what you're seeing. Sam, you are the best. Thank you so much for jumping on with us and giving us a review of that trade, man. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Sam Amick of The Athletic, and uh, I, I think he's thinking what we all are. This is a yeah. good, aggressive move for the Jazz. It immediately makes them better. 
Um, I certainly think it puts them in the mix with the rest of the Western Conference. I mean, like we said, we'll see what the Lakers do to fill out the roster. We'll see what ends up happening in Golden State. But, I mean, you look at uh, a team built around Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gobert, and you put that up against pretty much any big three in the league at this point, I would say. it gives you a chance. It gives you a chance. And I don't know, have there been times in the past, over the past two or three years, when you thought the Jazz really had a chance to win the West? No. I mean, they were good. I haven't felt but that. But not at that level. And now you think maybe the pieces are coming into place where they could really battle for an NBA title. And if that doesn't get Jazz fans excited, I don't know what would. I think I haven't felt like that about the Jazz since D. Will and Booz. And even with D. Will and Booz, they were such a bad matchup with the Lakers and the Spurs that it was almost unlikely that they so unlikely that they would win the West because uh, they just couldn't get past either of those yeah, two teams. So, I, I covered that down there and I remember them being there when they were eliminated and I just I didn't think they had a chance yeah. to beat the Spurs. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time since they've been in that conversation. They weren't in that conversation with Hayward, I don't think. No. And and plus Golden State was in the height of doing what Golden State was doing. I mean, we saw the Jazz with Hayward go up against the the, the Warriors and it wasn't pretty. So I didn't feel that way then. I don't think you did. So it's been a long time since we felt like the Jazz had a had a legit shot to come out of the West. And now they do. At least That's right the way now it looks. with this moment it does. Right. Yes. 